Hello, my name is Jake Norton, and this is the podcast where we talk about what's really going on in the world, what does the Bible really say, and how should we as Christians really be living in this modern world. My name is Jake Norton. Welcome to Reality Speaks. Today, we're kind of going to continue on a thought that I had recently while preaching. I ties in somewhat to the last episode, somewhat into just some new directions I see this podcast going and some new things going on in my life. And I just want to maybe help us rethink a particular story in the Bible and maybe rethink the way we live our everyday Christian lives. Hope you'll join me as we get into asking this question. Are you a prodigal? Hello everyone and welcome back to the show. It's uh, been longer than I intended between episodes, but here I am. Um, and I've had something on my mind since uh, recording that last episode and preaching a message. Something uh, came to me while I was preaching. Uh, shortly after that episode was posted in regards to uh, something along the lines of what we talked about yesterday or not yesterday, last time and it kind of melted together with the message that I wound up preaching on that next Sunday but uh, much of the thought comes from a story that uh, we know as the story of the prodigal son I'm going to read uh, some of that story today in the Bible. It is found in the book of Luke, chapter number 18, or chapter number 15. And uh, I'm going to pull that up here on my device using the Bible app. Uh, but Luke chapter number 15 it is what we call the story of the prodigal son and here we are Luke 15 we're going to start reading in verse number um, 11 I'm reading ESV English Standard Version he said, There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. He divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had, took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. When he spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed his pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate. We're talking pig, pig slop here, folks. And no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, 
How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will rise and go to my father. I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he rose, and he came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, felt compassion, ran, embraced him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet, bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate. My son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. And this, so far, this is the story as we typically hear it. This is the main plot points to the story that we typically hear. This story, this portion of the story is why we call this the story of the prodigal son. It's, our focus goes to this young man who went off, who was lost, as uh, you might call it. He, he abandoned it, he wasted everything that he had, everything that he was given, and he decided to come back again. That is the story that we know as the story of the prodigal son. But, this is not where the story ends. The story continues on into verse 25. His older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked, what these things meant and he said to him your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound but he was angry and refused to go in his father came out and entreated him but he answered and said look these many years i have served you i never disobeyed your commandment yet you never gave me a young goat that i might celebrate with my friends but this son of yours, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed a fattened calf for him. And the father said back to him, Son, you're always with me. All that I have is yours. All that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this, your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. We call this the story of the prodigal son. But what I said in that message that I preached recently, and what I'm coming to say to you now, is that this parable could just as easily be titled The Story of the Prodigal Sons. What does prodigal mean? In our modern vernacular thinking, as we think back to the story, when we say prodigal son, we mean someone who has left. We talk about people in terms as prodigals when we mean backsliders. We mean people that once 
faithfully attended a church, once were Holy Ghost-filled, once had been baptized in the name of Jesus, once upon a time they were living a holy, apostolic, godly life, and are now off in the world, living no different than any other sinner who have left the faith, who are no longer part of a church, who no one would ever know if they didn't know their full story, that once upon a time they were part of a church. We call those people prodigals. But I, the, the definition of the word prodigal is not lost, is not backslider, at least not in that sense of the word. The word prodigal means this. If you look at the original definition of the word prodigal, your dictionary definition, your dictionary definition of the word prodigal, it is profuse, wasteful expenditure. It is wasteful. It is a wasteful son. That is why I say this is not the story of the prodigal son. This is the story of the prodigal sons. What I talked about in that message, I talked about how it's not too late to come back. It's not too late to come back. And I spent a good chunk of time talking about the first part of the story. The boy who ran away from home. The boy who took his inheritance and wasted it all. As the older brother said, on prostitutes and riotous living. The, the boy who did not live into the purpose that he had been born for, but went off and, in his own words, sinned against God and sinned against man. But that that's not where I'm, I'd like to talk to today. I'd like to talk to that brother. Because you see, people have left the faith, and I hope you know, and I will make a short appeal to you for a moment, if you have once upon a time been filled with the Holy Ghost, and once upon a time uh, been living in a godly, holy life, you have the choice, you can come back. As uh, you read in this story, the father saw him returning, and before he could even make it up the road, he ran to him, he hugged him and said, Hey, welcome home. You are my son. I don't care what you think. You are worthy. And I have chosen you. You are my son. It's not too late. Come back to me. To those of you who think that it's it's too late for me and I can't do this anymore. You know, it's starting to look like lives I never would have been willing to live before. Those lives look appealing to me again. Those lives look appealing to me in a way they never did before. The life of drunkenness, the, the life of sin, it looks appealing. You can come back to the fold, but that is not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking to the brother. And here is the twist here. This is my true belief. Both of these sons are prodigal sons. 
both of these sons are wasting an opportunity because the father says to his son, all that I have is yours. His brother says, I've been serving you faithfully my whole life. I, I served you faithfully my entire life. I have never disobeyed your commandments. And how many people do we have in this world? We have awesome, wonderful people that are part of the church that serve faithfully every Sunday, serve faithfully every midweek service. They sing in our choirs. They shake your hands when you walk through the door. They, they clean after service. They clean before service. If, if there's a, a revival, there will be at every service. If there is a work day, they will be there and they will work their fingers to the bone. They pray every day. They read their Bibles. They preach. They do all these things. And they feel like these other people come back that have went off and sinned and wasted the Holy Ghost that they once had and lived awful, immoral, unholy lives. They backslide and they, they just become everything that they once said was wrong. And they just can't help but think, Something's not right here. I'm here to talk to you, faithful servants. And just tell you. You're, you're no better. <laughs> D does that hurt to hear? <laughs> you're no better I, I think I think that might hurt to hear you are, are just as much a waster as the one who has decided to not use their Holy Ghost by the one who's decided to not use their Holy Ghost by going off and living a life of sin. You are just as misguided in your vision as this brother who says, the church has nothing for me. I'm going to go and live a life in the world. You're just as misguided. You're just as lacking in revelation of this beautiful truth. We are just as, let me, let me put it this way. We are just as misguided. You see, the son is lacking in realization of something. I have served you faithfully all these years. Do you realize what you just said? The prodigal son, the, the one we call the prodigal son said, 
I am no longer worthy to be called a son. I will go and be a servant because servants have it better than I do out here. Servants have it better than I do out here. Servants in my father's house have it better. He says, I'm not worthy to be a son, so I will be a servant. This other son, who is living fully as in the father's house, says, I have served you. He thinks he's a servant, not a son. But you are a son, not a servant. If you have been in the father's house, if you are born in the father's house, if you are a Christian, if you have been born again, you are a son of God. And he says, all that I have is yours. There's no need to earn his love. You are his son. You already have earned his love. Now, I mentioned in my message that I preached that I remember, and it's coming up on that time of year where these thoughts really start to resonate. A struggle I've had my entire life is in asking for things. And that's what this son is struggling with. This oh, the, the this younger son, he was willing to walk up to his dad and say, Hey, dad, you know, I don't want to wait till you die. I want my inheritance now. And this father willingly divided up his goods and gave it to him. Did he get everything he might have ended up with if he had waited until his father had died? Maybe not. But he wanted it now and the father willingly gave it. The father said, anytime you wanted to have a party, we could have had a party. Now, I, I don't know how many times I've heard it. So my dad was preaching. He talks about me and my little sister, and he says, my daughter gets more than my son gets because my daughter asks for more than my son asks for. I have always just tried to not be a overly needy person. In recent days, I have heard people say that being needy is important because if you don't go out there and ask for things, you don't get things. And if you don't get things, sometimes you end up, well, you end up slaving away in a field that you don't have to slave away in. You don't have to act like a slave. You are a son. If you want something, ask for it. Jesus said, if you fathers out there in the world are evil, but are willing to give good gifts to your sons, how much more is your Father in Heaven willing to give? How many of you out there feel like this Christian life has no joy for you? You feel like you're lacking in certain things. Before the Holy Ghost, David said, I have been young and now I am old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. I'm not preaching here a, a message that if you follow Jesus, then you will never lack for anything and you will never, ever have to worry about anything. But I am saying this. Are you afraid that God doesn't like you enough to answer your prayers? Are you afraid that God wants you to do something that will bring you no joy, no peace, no love. These are literally fruits of the fruit of the Spirit. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you're promised love, joy, peace. 
a sound mind. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, a sound mind. He wants you to live a life of wholeness, completeness, lacking in nothing. If you've been filled with the Holy Ghost and you're being nothing more than a servant, you're missing the point. God wants us to enjoy the full benefit of being a son. He wants us to be able to celebrate with our friends. But because we feel that we've been but because we feel that it's about nothing more than serving and serving is so important. A part of being a son is to serve. But he, he Jesus tells a parable that talks about a servant being unprofitable if they never if they ever go sit at the table and decide to, but you're not a servant you are a son he said that where I am you may be also he was talking about the fact of being a son of God we are meant to be able to sit in heavenly places with him we are meant to be able to ascend up into the third heaven and Here's, here's how it works. There is more to this than simply surviving. We are There's the Casting Crown song that says we're made for so much more than ordinary lives. We are made to thrive. It is true. God has meant you for more than sitting here and doing the same old day in, day out stuff. He has meant for your ministry to be more than what it is. He's meant for... Every one of us is called to live a life, and not just a life, but a life more abundantly. The thief is what comes to still kill and destroy, but he has come to bring us life and life more abundantly. We are meant for more than what we live. If you've been in the church for a long time and you're just starting to feel like it's just slaving away at our duty and rather than enjoying the fact that we are a child of God and there are heavenly benefits to being a child of God. He said he would give us power when the Holy Ghost has come upon us and that Holy Ghost would we would be able to be witnesses to the end of the earth. Nor in that did he say he said he was empowering us for his purpose. You're supposed to have a power. You see I don't read the part of the story where the son that was slaving in the way in the field received the ring and the robe and the shoes. I don't read that part of the story. Well, he didn't ask for that. But he told his other son, well, you should have asked. If you're coming back, if you're coming to a place where you're saying father and this is a hard thing for me to say because I I have lived this life of being unwilling to come and say father I need you I've lived this life where I'm just like okay what what do you need me to do 
Simple truth, God needs you for nothing. God wants you. I heard a man tell a story once where he was told, you know, God likes you. He said, now I knew God loved me, but I didn't know God liked me. God likes you. <laughs> uh, I don't know how many times I've, I've had people say that. And I'm like, you know, I have to love you. I don't have to like you. God is love. <laughs> of course God loves you, but God wants you to be his child. He wants you to know you. He wants you to be able to get to a place of prayer where you can feel his embrace. For He wants you to be able to get to that place in prayer where you can actually know him. He, he wants to know you personally the holy ghost is the spirit of god coming to live inside of us and yet we live in the outer courts all we do is we go to the altar we repent of our sins and maybe we ask for a few things but we don't really get to the point in prayer where we know god one-on-one -on -one and get to know him well we don't get to the point where we see miracles happen we don't get to the point where we see prayers answered we just serve and i'm here to say today that if you're just serving you're wasting the purpose that god has for you has god put a dream inside of you that you've never seen fulfilled have you felt that you're meant for more than what you're living i keep teetering on the edge of this but i'm going to have to tell the story the story that pricked this thing inside of me. This past year, we went to homecoming in Silsby, Texas, where Bishop White's church is. And on Friday night, uh, Brother Jerry Jones preached a message. And he titled it, I want to get a hold of what has a hold of me. And well, I'll, I'll read it in the way that I have it written in my journal. Okay. October 27, 2023, Friday night of Abundant Life Homecoming, Brother Jerry Jones preached a message titled, I want to get a hold of what has a hold of me. He called us to quit trying to escape the resistance of the struggle and cling tight to it. Say, I will not let you go unless you bless me told us let go of those things behind look to those things before press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in the altar call i felt god speak to me more clearly than i have perhaps since i first felt my call to preach saw an image of myself preaching in a place i wouldn't imagine i heard the lord say you'll minister to young preachers and you've been one and you can show others they can do it and You've experienced loneliness and being misunderstood because that is the core ministry experience. And you will show others that you are never too young. And I preached, I taught something similar to that in the podcast, and that's the direction I'm feeling God pulling me. That's, that's where I feel. What I left out of that journal entry is how I'd been feeling for years at this point. Feeling that I had missed my purpose, that I was short of it and maybe I would never truly live up to what God had called me for 
that maybe he meant something for me and I just needed to settle for something a bit more ordinary. But God has called me for more than that. God has called you for more than ordinary. Now, your level of ordinary may be more ordinary than other people's ordinary, but your ordinary is not the level of some random person out in this world. God has called you for more. You are meant for more. You have a purpose, and God has chosen you for that purpose. I don't care if you have been in the church for 30 years, 10 years, 5 years, or 5 months, and you're starting to wonder if maybe I'm just meant to be normal. You are not meant to be normal. You are meant to preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Be ready always to give an answer for the hope that lies inside of you. You are meant for more. And you don't have to just slave away in the field. You can live a life as a son of God. You want a calf? Ask for a calf. You want to celebrate? Go ahead and celebrate. You want to reach somewhere that you can't imagine getting there right now? Just start asking, hey God, what's the next door you want me to walk through? What's the next thing you want me to walk through? And it might take some extra prayer. But learn to enjoy that time in prayer. Search for places in prayer you can't imagine reaching. And just realize this. If you sit on the sidelines and continue to just work but never enjoy your life as a Christian, you're missing the full breadth of what it means to be a Christian. There is more to it than where you are right now. In that moment in that altar, I just felt overwhelmed with the fact that God actually still had a purpose for me. He's been, the word I kept feeling was, I have you in the palm of my hand. And what the verse that I preached this message from was talking about in Jeremiah where he went to the potter's house. And he said, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. Can I not do what the potter does? And if something messes up, I can fix it and make you again into something new. Maybe you're sitting here and thinking it's too late. It's not too late. You can operate in the ministry God's called you to. You can be all that God's called you to be. You have a purpose. Live that purpose because God is not through with you yet. You are a son of God. Go out there and live like one. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I hope that something said today maybe stirred something in your heart or pushed you to say that, you know what? I'm done living life in the same old space. If any of that has happened, or if you know someone that feels stuck and like there's really not much point in this anymore and they're living below what God has called them for, or if that's you, I don't know where you are, who you are, what's up with you. But if you want to reach out and you have any questions contact us on our facebook page reality speaks on facebook reality speaks podcast on instagram just reach out say hey tell me what's up tell us what's up or 
leave a review. If this has helped you in any way, leave a good positive review. Send this as a message out to someone that you think needs to hear this and just kind of get that message on out there into the world. It, it, it really, anything you do can help, can help this message get out, can help someone else and we can all grow together to step more into the world than, than the life that God has called us to. Until next time, my name is Jake Norton. And just be real. Just be real with yourself and be real with everyone else in your life. Be real. It'll make the world just a little bit brighter. Just a little bit better. We'll talk to you again next time.